Yashodananda, Rajajan Randana. Yashodanandana Prajajan Randana Yamuna Tira Vanachari Yamuna Tira Anachari Jaya Radha Madhava Kunja Bihari Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare Hare Try to hear the tune as well as the mantra, please. Okay, carry on. Carry on beating the drum. Try to hear the tune and try to repeat the tune. Simple secret of spiritual life, hearing. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare. Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama. Hare Hare Krishna Hare Krishna Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, 
Hare Hare. Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare. Hare Krishna, Hare Krishna, Krishna Krishna, Hare Hare, Hare Rama, Hare Rama, Rama Rama, Hare Hare, Krishna, Krishna Krishna. Hare Hare Rama Hare Hare Krishna Hare Krishna 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 Hare 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 Rama Hare Rama 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 Hare 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 Krishna Jai Om Vishnu Pada Paramahamsa Parivraja Gacharya Go Prem Anandi, O glorious to the assembled devotees, O glorious to Sri Guru and Gurango, glorious to Shri Prabhupada. Nama Om Vishnu Padaya Krishna Prashtaya Bhutale, Sri Mate Bhaktivedanta Swamini Namani. Namaste Sadasate Deve Gauravani Pracharine Nirvasesha Sanyavadi Pastichari Shatani Om Namo Bhagavate Vasudevaya 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 
Krishna, Hare Krishna. So this morning we're reading from Srimad Bhagavatam, uh, Canto 7, Chapter 3. What's the text number? 2. The title of the chapter is Hiranyakashipu's Plan to Become Immortal. Mm. Kindly repeat. Saha Tepe Mandaradwamyang Tapaha Parama Darunam Urdva Bahu Nabaha Drishtihi Pada Angusta Ashrita Avanehi Satepe Mandaradonyang Tapak Paramadarunam Urdva Bahur Nabodrishti Padangusta Shitavanai Satepe Mandaradonyang Tapak Paramadarunam Urdva Bahur Nabodishti Padangusta Shita Svinasvanehi Satepe Mandaradonyang Tapak Paramadarunam Urdva Bahur Nabodishti Padangusta Shritavanihi Satepe Mandaradronyang Tapak Paramadarunam Urdva Bahor Nabadrishti Padangusta Shritavanihi Mandaradonyang Tapak Paramadarunam Udva Bahona Bodhisti Try to stay to the same meter plow, you just changed it. Try to go back to the other one, unless you want to change it for almost. Someone else? Satepe Mandaradronyang Tapak Paramadaranam Urdva Bahona Bodhrishti Padangu Tashritamani Ladies Satepe Mandaradronyam Tapak Paramadaranam Urdva Bahona Bodhrishti 
Saha. He. Hiranyakashipu. Te Pe. Performed. Mandra Dronyam. In a valley. Of Mandara Hill. Tapaha. Austerity. Parama. Most. Darunam. Difficult. Urdva, raising, Bahuhu, arms, Nabaha, toward the sky, Drishtahi, his vision, Pada Angushta, with the big toes of his feet, Ashrita, resting on, Avanihi, the ground. Translation, there is no purport. In fact, it looks like, I don't know, quite a lot of verses without a purport. So we may bounce on to text number 10. 9 and 10, where the next purport appears, as far as I can see. So translation of these verses, we'll just read the translations of the next uh, series of verses. In the valley of Mandara Hill, Hiranyakashipu began performing his austerities by standing with his toes on the ground, keeping his arms upward and looking toward the sky. This position was extremely difficult, but he accepted it as a means to attain perfection. I'm sure many of you have participated in or have seen a drama of Hiranyakashipu performing his austerities, right? And some of you may have taken the role of Hiranyakashipu. Is there anyone here who's, uh, let's say, fortunate enough to have that role in the drama? There we go. Okay, stand on your tiptoes. Let's see how oh, you can't do it. Oh my God. You mean you really took the part or was that part of your own life or what was it? <laughs> Huh? A drama, okay. Life is a drama. We're all trying to be here, Anyakashipu. We're all trying to stand up high and mighty. Here I am. Look at me, Harry Ball. See me dance, see me talk, see me walk. So he was really uh, serious about his austerity. He'll give credit where credit's due. He was really serious. He was willing to go to any limit almost to attain his objective. Are we willing to go to any limit to attain our objective? Silence. Mona This position was extremely difficult, but he accepted it as a means to attain perfection. Which is easier, dancing or chanting on Swanson Street or standing on the tipsy of toes for thousands of years looking up in the sky which is easy, and not eating, no breathing, by the way. Which you prefer, you have a choice. Huh? Somebody's, uh, somebody's, I don't know what they're doing back there. The what? 
dancing and chanting on Swanson Street or any street. Mother Rambaru, Hare Krishna. Nice to see you again after so long. Pardon? Gokulrani, sorry, Gokulrani. Where's Rambaru? She's not here today? She's upstairs, is she? Oh, sorry, Gokulrani. I was thinking Rambaru was here. We're all getting older and, <laughs> and we get older and older. What to do? How, is, how are you? Health is keeping going? Good, good, good. Wonderful to see you again. We were together in England from the 1970s. Srila Prabhupada was in the UK. And your husband, he's here in Melbourne? He's cooking. Wow, far out. He was, I remember when Narahari Prabhu was cooking in those early days in Bury Place in London. He was an amazing cook. Everyone was an amazing cook in those days. It was fantastic. <laughs> so we'll just read on from these wonderful, this wonderful pastime which we are hearing here. From the hair on Hiranyakashipu's head, there emanated an effulgent light as brilliant and intolerable as the rays of the sun at the time of dissolution. Sometimes the devotees, you know, when they're on Sankirtan, they're also effulgent, huh? People notice it, they see it. What, what, what's happening here? They all look so happy and, and smiling and like radiant. Huh? The Hari Nam party should be radiant. Like the sun, lighting up all the darkness around us. Seeing the performance of such austere penances, the demigods who had been wandering throughout the planets now returned to their respective homes. Hmm. Just for a little while now, Hirani Kashipu, you could say, is a uh, not terrorizing the universe. He's taken a, a, a back step. He's in the Mandara Valley and he's meditating on his objective goal, performing great austerities. So there's a little bit of relief, you know. Whew. Sometimes we get that in our own lives sometimes when you know, somebody is giving us a hard time and then they go away somewhere. It's a relief. They've gone to India for a month. <laughs> now we can relax again. Because of Hiranyakashipu's severe austerities, fire came from his head. And this fire and its smoke spread throughout the sky, encompassing the upper and lower planets which all became extremely hot. You can hardly imagine how powerful his austerities and the effects of austerities are. All over the universe the effect is being felt. We may feel the effect in a localized area, maybe throughout the world sometimes, but not the whole universe. Because of the power of his severe austerities, all the rivers and oceans were agitated. The surface of the globe, with its mountains and islands, began trembling, and the stars and planets fell. All directions were ablaze. Scorched and extremely disturbed, 
because of Hiranyakashipu's severe penances, all the demigods left the planets where they reside and went to the planet of Lord Brahma, where they informed the creator as follows. O Lord of the demigods, O master of the universe, because of the fire emanating from Hiranyakashipu's head, as a result of his severe austerities, we have become so disturbed that we could not stay in our planets, but have come to you, O great person, chief of the universe, if you think it proper, kindly stop these disturbances meant to destroy everything before all your obedient subjects are annihilated. Hiranyakashipu has undertaken a most severe type of austerity. Although his plan is not unknown to you, kindly listen as we submit his intentions. So now they're going to submit the intentions of Hiranyakashipu to Lord Brahma. Taddahang vadamannena tapoyoga savadina Kalatmanoscha nityatvat sadayashetatmanaha. The Supreme Person within this universe, Lord Brahma, has gotten his exalted post by dint of severe austerities. Actually, this is the thinking, I guess, of Hiranyakashipu. <laughs> Consequently, after creating the universe, he has become the most worshipable demigod within it. Since I am eternal and time is eternal, I shall endeavor for such austerity, mystic power and trance for many, many births. And thus, I shall occupy the same post occupied by Lord Brahma. This was his intention. Sometimes we just hear that he wants to be eternal. But here we hear he wants to occupy the post of Lord Brahma. As we know in the upcoming section of this, probably this chapter, Hiranyakashipu appeals to Lord Brahma for many boons. Lord Brahma grants him boons according to his capacity. And basically speaking, Hiranyakashipu's intention is to take over. Take over the post of Lord Brahma. Purport. Hiranyakashipu's determination was to occupy the post of Lord Brahma. And this was impossible because Brahma has a long duration of life. As confirmed in Bhagavad Gita 8.17. I know you're all very learned scholars here in Melbourne. Very wonderful arrangement for Vaishnava etiquette and training here. So who knows this verse? Bhagavad Gita 8.17.
And what does that mean? Do you know the meaning? Pardon? Amazing. Absolutely amazing. Embarrassing, isn't it? Here we all are. Many of you Indian-born devotees. And how old are you now? How old is it? Nine and a half. Ten and a half? Nine and a half. Nine and a half. Not even ten years old. Perfect. And this is, this is not one of the most famous verses in the Gita either. It's quite well known, but it's not that well known. And what's your good name? Chaitanya Priya. Chaitanya Priya, well done. Thank you very much, Hare Krishna. Excellent. Very good, huh? You're trained. Even the children are learning the verses very nicely. Embarrassing me, embarrassing all of us here. <laughs> I tell you, when you're young, if you learn, do you remember Gokulani? We used to learn verses in the manner. I think Kandidi one time was every day, you know, 15 minute, 30 minute cla uh, sloka, sloka class every morning. Learn a verse a day keeps my away. And we learn a verse a day. And of course, we've probably forgotten most of them over the last 50 years for what to do. <laughs> we've forgotten most things over the last 50 years. Don't forget to chant Hare Krishna, that's the main thing. And, uh, but it's great. If, when you're young, if you can learn verses, learn the philosophy, learn the pastimes, it's fantastic. It will stay with you. You notice when people get older, oftentimes they lose their short-term memory. But the long-term memory, is, of course, individuals are different, but the long-term memory often stays and sustains. You can remember those things you learned no, 50 years ago, more than the things you learned five seconds ago. It's incredible how things work. So learn when you're young. Most of you are young or younger. Don't waste your youth, your young years. As Prahlad Maharaj would say, don't waste your time playing ball, wasting it or whatever you do with your lives. And that's his words. Or waste your time. Even Bhakti Siddhanta Maharaj said, what time do we have to go to places of pilgrimage? taking bath in holy places, etc. We don't have time. Every moment should be used in Shravanam Kirtanam. We don't know how long we'll live. We were reading yesterday, Srila Prabhupada in Caracas in 1975, February the 21st, Srila Prabhupada said, don't waste your time. Your life is very short. You may live 50, 60 years. Who knows how long we'll live? And some of us may not even have very long to go. We just do not know. But none of us really know any moment we may, our bodies, our life may end. It's not guaranteed that we're going to live to 70, 80 or whatever. Nothing's guaranteed. So Prabhupada said, don't waste your time with worldly affairs, talking about the world situation. Oh, what's going on? Oh, how to rectify this? Why is this going? Waste of time, Prabhupada said. Complete waste of time. Don't worry about it. It will go on in its own way. There's nothing we can do. He said, as long as people are, and leaders are engaged in demoniac activists, there will be one disaster after another. Just which one it is. Don't waste your time with it. Spend your time hearing and chanting about Krishna. And go back to Godhead, Prabhupada said. Don't waste your time here. Meditating on COVID. Meditating on Ukraine. Whatever you meditate on these days. Huh? I don't know what you're meditating on. Most people are... These are some of the two biggest recent events, I suppose. So Prabhupada continues here. Don't try to imitate Hiranyakashi. We're meditating on how to become the conqueror of this universe, control this universe, control this, control that. This is a, the disease. The reason we're here, we want to imitate Krishna. Hiranyakashi was the 
perfect, the perfect example of this is one who wants to imitate Krishna to become the supreme controller. He doesn't understand beyond this material universe. So he's thinking, Lord Brahma, I want to be the conqueror of the universe. Scientists, they're trying to conquer the universe in a sort of a way. They're telling us that now they're seeing stars billions of light years away or something. I don't know what they're seeing in their brains, but they tell us these things. And, uh, you know, what can you say? They have no means of, uh, of proving or not proving. Sahasri Yuga Payantam Mahoyad Mamanavidhu. One thousand Yugas equals one day of Brahma. What's a Yuga? One thousand Yugas. It sometimes it usually means Chatu Yuga. What's the, what, what is that? What is that? How much long? How, what period of time is that? Four Yugas taken together. Huh? What is, for what are four yugas taken together? How many years? Earth, earth years. Yeah, 4.3 million, more or less. 4.3 million earth years. How many of those? If it's a thousand of those in a day of Brahma, how long is a day of Brahma? Huh? Pardon? 4.3 billion, yeah, the American style of billion. 4.3 billion. 4,320 million years. That's a long time. By, you could say, human calculation, beyond imagination. Huh? Who can imagine someone one day, not even one life, one day that long? Imagine if you had to live in Melbourne for 4,320,000 of years, and that's your one day. You have to work half of that time, by the way. That's about <laughs> one-third of that time. That means you have to work in a row about, what's it, that? About 1.5 billion years. <laughs> Hare Krishna. Of course, everything's relative to Lord Brahma. is one lifetime. Maybe it doesn't seem like God when this is ever going to end. Everything's relative. We were looking yesterday at teeny, weeny, teeny, teeny little insect. It was so small you could only just see it. So small. And you, and you know, you, can you imagine within that little insect? What is inside that insect's body? What's in there? Huh? Well, so, yeah, okay, kind of. But what else is there? There's a heart. Pretty small heart, huh? Imagine having to do a heart transplant or a heart operation on that one. <laughs> what else? There's a stomach, I guess. There's probably some system like a blood system. There's a, probably a nervous, there is a nervous system for sure. This is some kind of brain and other organs are there. Some breathing system is there. It's so small you can hardly see it. Not, it's like impossible, isn't it? How can you put all that in there? Gokulani, you worked in the medical world. Isn't it incredible? I mean, even human body is incredible when you look inside, right? It's absolutely, amazing, absolutely inconceivable how it all goes on. What to speak of a little tiny, it's not even ant. It's some teeny, teeny, you can, you can hardly see it. It's like the tip of a needle practically moving around down there. And then there are even smaller insects to that. Indragopa and this and that. And everything's in there. Isn't it incredible? 
All the scientists in the world couldn't even do that for one insect. But every moment there are billions of them appearing all over the planet. Billions. Perfectly equipped for their business. And perfectly absorbed in their little lifespan. Maybe they live a couple of days. I don't know how long they live. Nothing. Some insects live just a few hours. Huh? Maybe even less, I don't know. Everything's relative, you see. And the demigods will look down on us. Iranikashi people will look down on us. Look at these teeny little squirts down there. Look at them. They're so small and teeny. Insignificant little fellas and girls. So tiny. Iranikashi people was very big. He wasn't, you know, some of you are a little too big, but Iranikashi was really big. He wasn't fat either. He was strong, tall, muscular. Powerful personality. Nonetheless, his decision was that since the self, Atma, and time are both eternal, if he could not occupy the post in one lifetime, he would continue to execute austerities life after life so that sometime he would be able to do so. Amazing, huh? We don't hear that so often. Yeah, actually, if you read the previous chapter one of this canto, yeah, the Supreme Lord is equal to everyone. I think it's in that chapter. Oh, maybe somewhere, I think it's that one. Maybe not. But somewhere there's this amazing chapter where Hiranyakashi was preaching. Preaching to his family members. Huh? huh? Second chapter, thank you. Chapter two. He's preaching to his family members so amazingly, huh? Sounds like, you know, straight off the, off the asan. Yeah. Telling, why are you lamenting? Iran actually, his brother's been slain, and naturally, everyone here in this room has lost somebody sometime, and you lament a little bit, right? Sometimes a lot. He probably even says it's not surprising. I mean, we are sentient beings. Even Arjuna lamented when Abhimanyu was killed on the battle of Kurukshetra, at least for some time. But the devotees should recompose themselves and not continue to lament. So Arandakashi was preaching to his family members like this. Why are you lamenting? You're not the body. Time has its way. Everyone's going to, you know. He was really going on there, just like we may speak on Bhagavad Gita, Dehino Svinyatade here or something. He was preaching like that to his family members. Quite incredible, huh? He had knowledge, so much knowledge. He was very learned, very learned. Ravana was also very, very learned. Scholars, practically the most learned in the universe. Practically, so learned, knew the Vedas upside down. What was his problem? Huh? Well, he may have applied it, but he misapplies it. As modern day, you know, people have knowledge, but they misapply it, right? Even the Vedas misapplied. We don't know, but we hear that, you know, so much knowledge is there in various Puranas and Vedas, and much of this is taken and misused by modern scientists, philosophers and so on. They use it what for? Hmm? What do they use it for? Pardon? Self-destruction, okay, sometimes, and that, what did you say? This is making, I mean, there's no, no choice, I, I completely accept that.
But I, when there's two or three noises at once, my hearing becomes boom. What do you say? Yeah, they have to put. Sometimes they take it and make it like there's their own philosophy, huh? Their own opinion. I I've worked this out, but actually they're just taking it from somewhere else, and they're taking the credit for themselves. Who else? What else? What they do with all this knowledge? Hey, Haribo, bro. Nara, Haribo. Good. You just came out the kitchen, I guess. You got your hat on. Haribo. <laughs> Looking good. We have some more chairs there, please. Coming forward there. What else they do with that knowledge? Huh? Yeah, they use it for sense gratification. They use it to control, to attain power and control over others, etc. Because you don't know. There's so many. We don't have that knowledge. So that knowledge can be used to control others. There's nothing more powerful than control. Being in the center, isn't it? I don't. Maybe, maybe you would not fully experience that. But being in the center is the most. You could say the most greatest sense gratification. Yeah. Everyone under your control. Wow, wouldn't that be nice? <sighs> One devotee, I remember, in nineteen late eighties. One God brother said to me that. Oh, at last, at last, I've become a guru. <laughs> now I don't have to listen to anyone else. <laughs> I can do what I want. They lasted about one year. <laughs> they were lucky. Krishna took it away from them. Sometimes he lets you go. Like with Hiranyakashipu, he let him go on a little while, right? He let him carry on a pretty long time, you know, before... He stepped in to end his nonsense, whatever. But he was very, very learned. He just misused it. Probably his example is like a snake with a, with a jewel on its head. Huh? Still a snake, even though it's got a beautiful jewel on its head. It may attract everyone. Wow, maybe there's some shakti coming from the jewel. That, mesmerized, whatever. People follow. Even today, we see mostly everyone's following somebody. Now we have different heroes in the world for different reasons. But uh, when, you know, when we get down to it, where are they leading us? How's it go? They're leading us where? They may be powerful. They may have a lot of influence. Maybe they have more material knowledge than we do. But we're following. Where do we go? By following them. Down the toilet. Is that what you said? That's right. That's a <laughs> Could anyone put it in rather more polite language? <laughs> Pardon? The blind following the blind. And where does that lead us? Come on. Hmm? Pardon? Off the cliff, exactly. That's a very vivid example. Or into the middle of the road, the car coming. 
basically leading us to disaster or leading to hell, according to Bhagavatam. Down, 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 because they're blind. They don't know the purpose of human life. They think the purpose of life is to please myself or please ourselves. Is it? Generally speaking. The whole universe, the whole world, the earth, everything, my body is for my pleasure. It belongs to me. This world is ours. It's up to us. You know, we try to make it nice. We try to preserve it. Many things they may say. But basically we're trying to enjoy it with ourselves in the center. This is natural. That's why we're in the material world, you could say. That's the difference between matter and spirit. In the material world, everyone sees themselves in the center. Even the Dean, we were discussing the teeny teeny insect a little while ago. Huh? Even that little insect sees itself right in the center. Defending itself, looking for food, finding a place for shelter, trying to find a mate if that's its nature, etc., etc. We see everything, likes and dislikes, happiness, distress, duality, all with me according to how I see it, through my particular conditional situation. I see the world accordingly. And you see it differently. And we disagree with each other. We both got different karmas, we got different machines, different minds and bodies, and we see the same thing differently. We both read the Bible day and night. You read black and I read white. Even with the Shastras, you know, you, you can find a verse to counter. And we, this is how it goes on, Ghana, Back and forth, arguing, arguing, arguing. Missing the point of what is the purpose that we just heard. Purpose of human life, Prabhupada said. What was it? Come on, Chaitanya Priya. What's the purpose of human life? Perfect. You got the answer spot on. That's exactly what Prabhupada said. Wasn't a difficult question for at least for those who've, you know, somehow or another we've heard it. Whether we believe it, I don't know, but we've at least we've heard it. And we repeat it when someone asks us. But how much we really have made that our goal, as Hirani Kashipu was so determined to achieve his objective goal, right? Wasn't he? Just imagine. He's willing to get lifetime after lifetime to undergo austerities. Not just one lifetime, not even just 100 years in the, in, in the time of the demigods. Lifetime after lifetime, he is determined. He knows, well, he knows the soul is eternal. He doesn't accept that he's a servant of God or there's a God above him. Exactly. He wants to be that. There's impersonalism also, same thing, Mayavad, exactly the same thing. I want to become God. We want to merge into the absolute. It's the same thing, basically, as demoniac mentality of seeing myself. We are in charge. We are the controllers. We are the enjoyers. Bhuktaryam yoga tapasam sarvalokamaheshwam. Krishna is the enjoyer. Krishna is the proprietor. That's the devotee, sees it a little differently. Same thing, but sees it differently. So we're trying to mold our lives. We're trying to perform austerities to attain that goal. Right now we may be still a little mixed, or very mixed, or whatever it may be. We may not be so determined, so convinced, so whatever it may be. But we're somewhere on that path with the goal, objective goal, to return or to go back to Godhead, to be with Krishna in loving devotional service, not in the Brahma Jyoti. Not here I am, Krishna. Give me this, give me that. Look at me, Krishna. Uh, no, not like that. Just living for the pleasure of the senses, Krishna and of Krishna. We're practicing that. Our austerities, as you said earlier on, are not as bad as that of Hiranyakashipu. We can't even stand on our tiptoes, what to speak of, for a hundred years in the time of the demigods. 
I doubt whether anyone in here can stand on their tiptoes. Maybe some, if any of you are Bali. Do you do Bali, Chaitanya? No. Some Bali uh, um, dancers may be able to do that. You know. Most of us are more like belly dancers. We, <laughs> we have too big a belly, we can't balance even on two feet, what to speak on our tiptoes. I used to be able to balance pretty well, but now I've got too fat a stomach, I can't, I can hardly stand straight anymore. <laughs> too much prashad, and especially when you come to Melbourne, it's crazy. I thought when Kerma Prabhu moved on, you might sober down a bit, but I don't know. <laughs> what to do, what to do. So Eros there, just like last night, when there's so many aspects to it. But uh, simple ones, Tapa. Simple ones, four regulated principles, not everyone's following those, say la vie. But uh, that's an austerity in modern age, isn't it? To follow four regulated principles, depending on how you interpret those regulated principles as well. There's so many interpretations floating around. What is intoxication? What is illicit sex? What is gambling? Meat eating? I guess it's more understood, I don't know. Although I see a lot of devotees now eating this, what's it called, this uh, vegetarian chicken leg? Soya. Huh? Soya. Soya. And it's like, shaped like a chicken leg. <laughs> oh dear, what are we coming to? Decaffeinated coffee, huh? Attached to the taste or something like that, huh? Near beer, that was another one, my God. Near beer. What does that mean? <laughs> I guess that means we're near a fight. Always near a fight. <laughs> near beer, can you imagine? That means we're attached to the taste of that horrible thing. I even saw a devotee, literally initiated, Brahman initiated, with one of these, what is new cigarettes, electronic cigarette? Huh? Vape? Smoking a vape, so it's, it's no, no problem, there's no nicotine or whatever it's supposed to be. <laughs> I don't know if they smoke vapes in Goloka Vrindavan or not. <laughs> there's a lot of vape here coming from Aranya Kashipu's head, the whole universe is vaped out. <laughs> we don't want to increase it, do we? Well, that's a gambling, that's, I, I, I'm not even going to go there, that's too dangerous that one. I asked, uh, I asked, what was that? Jared Vedamaraj is writing a book on the four regulated principles. That'll be interesting when that comes and see what his take is on it. <laughs> probably be quite, <laughs> quite conservative probably, as we would say in modern terminology. We wouldn't say that 50 years ago, would we? <laughs> conservative. <laughs> but now it's kind of conservative. You don't play football, what's wrong with you? You don't watch the TV. Sometimes these things come up. And I said, Maharaj, what's your take on chocolate? He said, oh, we don't go there. <laughs> I'm not going to mention it at all in the book. <laughs> <It's a mu> <laughs> so many things, you could go on and on and on. It, it depends what we really want. Do we want to satisfy our senses or do we want to satisfy Krishna's senses? That's the question. And there's always going to be this in between. So ultimately, we, want, we would like to, at least we'd like to think that we want to satisfy Christian senses. Huh? So we try to do that which would, as much as we can, we're not pure devotees. 
or we're trying to follow a pure devotee, we're trying to do that which Prabhupada has already given us, which would please Krishna. So four regulated principles are just foundation. Some of you have gardens at home. When you're gardening, you have to prepare the soil, right? Isn't it? You can't just stick it in a, you know, solid clay. You've got to prepare the soil to put your plants in. So this is four regulated principles like preparing the soil. The more that we can, you know, sincerely try to apply them in our lives, the more the soil, you could say, will be fertile for the growth of the bhaktilata, the seed of devotion. But that's not enough. Just following regulated principles is not an act of devotion, exactly. It can be if it's in relationship to the order of the Guru Dev and in relationship to devotional service, but in of itself it's not. There may be many people following those principles. And of course, many of those on the Mayavad path are following too. Maybe other religionists, maybe other people are following these principles sometimes better than we are. But that's not the goal of life, to follow regulations. It's not the goal of life just to have an institutional structure. The whole purpose of all this is what? What's the goal of institutions, of rules and regulations? Famous verse in Nectar Devotion. Pardon? Thank you very much. Always remember Krishna, never forget him. To become Krishna conscious. Of course, it's all meant that we're here in this beautiful temple. Nice new picture over here of Sadbuja. Different pictures are here. And what is it for? It's to remind us of Krishna, remind others of Krishna, purify our hearts by, fortunately, my eyes picking up that picture of the beautiful deities. Uh, of Radhabalaba and so on, and hearing about Krishna, looking at pictures of Krishna, hearing the sound of Krishna's name, honoring Krishna's prasadam. All this is for this purpose. Institution is there to facilitate the purpose, the mission of Srila Prabhupada, the mission of Aracharyas, the mission of Lord Chaitanya. And what is their mission? Hmm? What's their mission? Yeah, that's the ultimate pinnacle, but in terms of the mission itself, within this world, what's their mission? Pardon? Yeah, in what way? What's the, what's the Lord Chaitanya's, what was his mission? I, I'm sure someone's saying it, but two or three at the same time are speaking. One over here said something. Sankirtan, this is Lord Chaitanya's, you could say his mission, isn't it? To spread the holy name to every town and village, Prativitiyachiyati Nagaradigram to spread the holy name, and that includes here. When Prabhupada was in Numayapur, 76, he asked the devotees, are you going for Sankirtan? Of course, Numayapur, if you've ever been there in France, who's been to Numayapur in France? Narahari Prabhu, you were there, I know that. I think we were there together once. Gokulani, you were ever there in Numayapur? No. Never made it, huh? Wow, never too late. Please come and visit us. <laughs> Anyone else has been to Numayapur? Some hand is there, I can't see who's underneath the hand. Is that your son? Oh, he's been there, has he? He didn't take you, he went on his own. <laughs> May, last lifetime, okay. Come back in this lifetime. So when Prabhupada was here in 76, he asked if everyone's going on Sankatan. And uh, one of the voices said, once a week, Srila Prabhupada. Because New Mayapur is like, you know, an hour and a half drive to the nearest decent town. So generally, we to go there every week, or maybe some small towns sometimes, but they were only going once a week to the big town. So Prabhupada said, why only once a week? 
Well, it's a long way, Prabhupada said. No, every day you should be on Sankirtan. Every day. He said, right here in the temple room, you should all be on Sankirtan. Chanting should be going on always, right here, wherever you are. You make this your place of sacrifice, yagya, in your own heart, our own home, in our toilet, in our bathroom, in our bed, wherever we are, you can perform. This is a great yagya. Yagya Sankirtanam prayer is a great yagya. And it's Tushunti Ramanti Chur. It's very joyfully performed and everlasting. Hiranyakashipu's sacrifices were not everlasting. How long? Even he couldn't keep. Of course, he, Brahma came to him. So you could say he could have carried on. He was determined to carry on. But ultimately, everything has a end, an end in this material. But Sankirtan Yoga has no end. It is eternal. You can go on chanting and chanting and chanting. Hmm? Sometimes people say, I was at a program the other day. And uh, I was just joking with people. You, some of you may think we're crazy. What are these guys? This is really boring. The same mantra every day, over and over again. Day and night. Don't you ever sing anything else? Prabhupada said that one time. One person said, don't you ever do anything else? Why don't you do something different? Just this chanting the same thing, reading the same book. What about Lopsang Rampa? <laughs> you, may, you remember Lopsang Rampa? You may not have ever heard of him. A, fi- a famous uh, books going around. I Ching, Tibetan Book of the Dead, this one, that one in the 70s, early 70s. We were all, all these things. This one, that one, this one, that one. Why only Bhagavad Gita? I don't realize. Why only Hare Krishna? What about something else? So sometimes, you know, in the neophyte stage, you could say, you know, for the sake of hooking others, you, you may put little varieties in there. But one is actually advancing Krishna consciousness, realizes that this sacrifice is compo- inc- in- includes everything. Vedeshya Geshu to Pasya Perfect. She knows the whole eighth chapter, right? She knows the eighth chapter, right? You've studied the eighth chapter. Seven, eight, nine. Seven, eight, nine. Be careful. <laughs> Seven, eight, nine. Move. Hare Krishna. You're going to learn the whole Bhagavad Gita. Right? Wonderful. Yeah, last verse of the eighth chapter. All purposes. Uh, no, no. Was it, was it that translation? Vedeshya Geshe Dabhasya English? <laughs> yeah, performing austerities, studying the Vedas, giving in charity, sacrifice, everything. And one who takes this path of devotional service is not devoid of the results of any other path. Everything's included within the path of devotion. All the benefits, all the benefits from all of the paths of yoga, meditation, religiosity, welfare work, you name it, anything. It, it, all, everything's there. This is because Krishna's there. And Krishna. <laughs> Pretty simple, huh? Because we come to this world, you can say, because we don't want to associate with him. And now we're practicing, we're trying to transform our consciousness in a way which is positive. To, to develop a desire to associate with Krishna. And in the practice of devotional service, it's just like devotees, and amazing. I don't know how many of you were here from Mangalarati. I was not, but I'm sure many of you were. And this is a wonderful thing. You want to come. Any, who's been to Jaipur? Jaipur. 
Have you ever been to early morning Mangalati, see Radha Govindaji? And how thousands of people are running to the temple? Isn't it amazing? I went, last time we were there, I mean, we, we, we tried to do the, the three main temples in one day, you know, Madha Mohan, Radha Gopinath, and Radha Govinda. And that was an amazing experience, absolutely amazing. We went to Karoli to see Radha Madha Mohan. And we got so hung up there with all the nectar and dancing and chanting and going on Hari Namran Karoli and this and that. And, and you know, then we eventually, like, we were getting late, so we got on the bus. The driver insisted on going on the slowest route he could possibly go on. <laughs> and he wouldn't listen to anyone, even though we were paying him to take a whole coachload of us there. He still insisted on it, so he wouldn't go on the highway. He wanted to go on all the all roads. I don't know why. And then eventually we got to the outskirts of Jaipur. And suddenly everything stopped, huge traffic jam. Yeah, I know, it's getting late, you know. Huge traffic jam. And there was a fire, some building had caught on fire just down the road there, you know, a big building was blazing, fire engines everywhere. And we had to go all around the outskirts of Jaipur on the ring road, come back in the other side. We got to, we thought we got to Radhagovindaji, just, we got out the bus and I saw old ladies in crutches and all things, basically running down the road, it, they were bouncing down the road to get to Radhagovinda. Everyone was like, forgot that they, their legs don't work, and then somehow they all go into the temple. And we just got there, just before they closed the curtains in Radhagovindaji temple, because Radhagopinath closed it later. We just got there, we took darshan, and it was like, okay, we've got to rush now to Radhagopinath, down the road, whatever it is, one kilometer or something down the road. Rushing down the road, vroom, 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 we got there in time. We took deity darshan of Radhagopinath, and then we went back towards the bus, which was parked near the Radhagovinda temple. And as we were coming through the temple, the curtains opened again, and we had like 20 minutes, beautiful darshan, just us. There was hardly anyone else there. But it was that mood, that spirit of, you know, whew, we want, we want to be with, we want to have the association of Radha Govinda, Radha Gopinath. It was, it was so exciting. The whole party was just in the, it was like out of this world, you know. It's like on Sangatan sometimes, out of this world. You remember in, in Burry Place, huh? 71, 72, we'd all be shuffled out the door straight after breakfast, after lunch, like a boom, <laughs> woof, straight out the door on Harinam Sangatan, down Oxford Street, boom, <laughs> every day. And we were young kids, you know, we were, we were kids back then just looking for the bliss, a ragtag band of transcendentalists. You heard that record of man, um, what's his name? Uh, Mangalananda. Oh, you got it. I'll play it to you, I'll give it to you. It's so far out. We were kids back then just looking for the bliss, a ragtag band of transcendentalists. It goes on like that. Really amazing song. You know, we, were, we didn't know what was going on. We were just so enthusiastic and excited to get out there with no money, hardly any clothes on our back, just get out on the street and dance and chant for hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours. It never stops sometimes, practically. Seven hours, eight hours a day dancing and chanting on the streets, you know. Now it's like, okay, we've done our hour, finished, let's go. I did it last week. <laughs> That was life, that was not the, we, were, we were just, you know, there wasn't much in the way of congregation, no, no, hardly any. But there's a few devotees in this temple, they just, whew, this is sacrifice, yagya. But it didn't seem like a sacrifice, it seemed like fun. <laughs> fun, real fun, right? It seemed like real fun. And it still is real fun. Last night we were on Swanson Street, it's fun. People see it as fun. People coming out of the bars and something, just walking out, and here we are, there the doors are chanting. I don't matter his name was singing, what's her name, I don't know. 
one Mataji. Hmm? Very ecstatically singing. They were coming out, throwing their hands up, dancing around. Still the same thing going on. You just have to take it. We made so many different types of, you could say, sacrifice there to achieve the goal. But this is the key one. Back to Siddhanta said, oh, sadhana. Hmm? What is sadhana? He said, sadhana is that which helps us to develop a taste for the holy name. If our sadhana or our practice do not, they're an impediment on the path of devotion. Chanting is the main thing. Lord Chaitanya again and again emphasizes, of all the regulated principles, chanting Hare Krishna is number one. Of course, we have to hear, but it's a number one. Other things, but Pakistan, this is the only infallible means of success. The Sangatan Yagya. The only one. Others are important, must be there, but this one is infallible. And Harani Kashyap wanted to be infallible, but you cannot be infallible by any other means. Harinama, 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 Eva Kevalam. Infallibility. Lord Chaitanya did not preach or talk about daily worship, he said. He focused on chanting the holy name. Daily worship is to get people to chant and dance, to purify our hearts so that our chanting becomes more pleasing to Krishna. Daily worship also includes kirtan, chanting. Everything does. Book distribution. What for? To get people to chant. They become convinced. Or well, maybe they don't be. But the idea is to help us to realize the glorious nature of the holy name. The chanting of the holy name. So time is flying by and we have a lot to do today. As we're only here for another two days. Probably you're glad of that one. But um, we have a lot to do today. So thank you all very much. And don't worry, you don't have to stand on the tips of your toes or immerse yourself in water for six months of the year in the winter um, under the cold water or whatever it is. Stand on your head. We did have one devotee, he's a wonderful devotee, who used to, before he joined the movement, was a yogi. And when Prabhupada first came to Sydney, he was stood at the back of the tent. We had one devotee, I don't know who he was, one man. Huh? He, he was, huh? Laguri, yeah. But there was one gentleman here all morning during the kirtans, sat there and didn't move an inch. Not an inch. But Laguri, our dear Laguri from New Govardhan, he used to be a yogi before he joined, so he was probably giving a lecture. He stood on his head on the, on the back of the temple <laughs> during the lecture. <laughs> With amazing, amazing personality, absolutely amazing. He can, he can ride horse standing on his head. He rides horses, he used to, he doesn't know. He used to ride horses around New Govardhan, stand on, standing on his head on the back of the horse, riding around New Govardhan. Can you remember those days? We were together in New Govardhan. <laughs> Amazing. Jai. Hiranya Kashipo. Excuse me. <laughs> uh, um, <clears throat> real nature has just been revealed. Uh, Shila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Any questions? Yes, Prabhu. Uh, your hand was up first. Bala. Hare Krishna Maharaj, thank you for oh, the nice you class. The, you have a, yeah, you got the oh. microphone. Huh? Yes. No, no, you go ahead, you okay. got it already. Um, I just wanted to ask, uh, here we see how Hiranyakashipu is so determined to achieve his goal. Um, so I just wanted to ask, how do we get the same determination to attain our goals? <sighs> Isn't it, that's the, <laughs> I was hoping nobody would bring that one up. Um, 
That's the most important point you can say in this verse, in the intense determination to achieve one's objective goal. So how do we maintain that determination? How do you do it? Come on. Excuse me? Association, okay, good. By the type of association we hold. Now that doesn't just mean to say that, you know, physical association, of course it includes the nature of that physical association, but it includes other kinds of association, doesn't it? I guess the temptations are many in this age. Um, and if you really are serious, then you have to think carefully about that one because, you know, there's all kinds of it. It's just like uh, even on the street yesterday, you go on Harinam, you, there's all kinds of association there. Even though you're with devotees, your eyes and ears may not be with the devotees. Isn't it? Your mind. You can be looking at the billboards, you can look at it in the windows, you can look at the girls or boys going by. You can look at the latest car, which you would wish you had, which you don't have, driving by. Um, you can be looking at all sorts of things. There's your favorite uh, dumpling or whatever it is. They become very popular nowadays, these, what do they call them? Nunos or something? Huh? Whatever it is, you know, your mind can easily be distracted. That means we're associating with those objects. And that association will naturally cover our consciousness. You could be watching television. You could be reading new, mundane news. I mean, to a certain degree, you can't avoid all these things. You've got to do a certain amount for your own living, your own work, your own whatever. But a minimum, minimal. Uh, what else could we be? In our minds, we could be meditating on our past. We could be meditating on sense objects. Isn't it? We could, maybe we've got a mobile phone. I'm sure most of you have a mobile phone. You could be on Facebook, and okay, there's great uses for everything can be used well. But much of the time, we waste our time associating with persons who have no real purpose of glorifying Krishna. Their purpose is something else. Sometimes fault-finding, sometimes mundane, sometimes self-grandizement, whatever it may be. I could associate like that or some mundane music, whatever it may be, this is a form of association which will cloud us and will interfere with our determination in devotional service. It creates clouds, doubts. Clouds are like doubts in our hearts and our determination will become affected accordingly in most cases. Now, Bhaktivinoda Thakur says in terms of association that by hearing, by hearing about the pastimes and life of great devotees, and he, he particularly cites Rupa Goswami, Raghunath Das, Hari Das, but it could be any of them. He says, by hearing about great devotees, one develops determination, confidence and satisfaction. There has to be a certain amount of satisfaction also, otherwise it's difficult to remain determined. You may, we may not be so convinced as Aranya Kashipu. Aranya Kashipu was really one-pointed, you could say. Wrong direction, but nonetheless, he was one-pointed. What's that famous verse in the Bhagavad Gita? What's that mean? Ah, oh, you haven't come to the second chapter yet. That those who are on this path are resolute in purpose and their aim is one. The intelligence of those who are irresolute is many branched. So the material people, they generally have many branched desires. Hiranya Kashipu had one particular desire, but that included all forms of material sense enjoyment. He wanted the highest material achievement, 
which would automatically facilitate the arrangement for all kinds of material sensory joints. So one sense is many branched, but to, to achieve his goal, he's one-pointed. He's just like somebody who wants to work or get a, say, study, you want to get a, a PhD or a degree, you may be very one-pointed in, in achieving that objective. Huh? Very, very serious. You give up everything else. You're willing to sacrifice your time, going to parties, you're maybe eating very small, little, you're sleeping very little, very determined to achieve that goal. So to maintain that determination, that person has a goal. You have to have a goal in life also. You have to have some satisfaction there, either, either satisfaction of conviction you're going to achieve the goal, or satisfaction in the process itself. In Krishna consciousness, it should be both. You can't expect, you know, just that firm faith in the objective goal is necessarily going to sustain us that easily through all the difficulties that we go through. Difficulties we go through because the nature of devotional service, it clears out all the various things within our consciousness, the various anartas, the attachments, and you face all kinds of challenges, you could say, on the path, which may interfere or threaten our determination in our endeavors to achieve perfection and devotion. But it's not up to us, it's up to Krishna. So we also have to understand that ultimately our success in Krishna consciousness depends on the mercy of Krishna. We can do our best. We have to have that faith, at least ultimately, that it's Krishna's mercy that is the determining factor of our achieving perfection. We just try our very best. So association, uh, remembering the goal which we have in mind, um, desire, it's very important. Do you have Without desire within our own hearts, how is this going to, you know, we have a lot rests on our desire. If you want, do you really want to go back to God? Or do you really want to surrender to Krishna or we? Do we really want it? How much we're determined like that? And to maintain that association, what else? Pardon? Reading, yeah, regularly. That's a form of association, by the way. By reading Prabhupada's books, it's also association. We're associated with a pure devotee. And if you, you know, you, you read something, whatever. Association, again, is a question of how we associate. Are we open? Are we challenging? Are we lazy? Are we mechanical? Are we, what are we when, we when we associate with whether books or anything else come to that? So it depends a little bit on, on, our, on our desire, on our hearts. A lot, in fact. What else? Prabhupada did say that the four, the four regulated principles, of course you need determination for that, but by following that you'll get determination. What else? Yes, Prabhupada. Steady, steady mind. Of all duality, yes. Controlling this is every form of yoga has this as a basic understanding. Controlling the senses in spite of duality or temptation or distraction within or without. Of course, that does require, as you could say, determination. That is determination, and it requires determination to do that, to keep that focus. So associated with devotees, we have our whole program, Prabhupada gave his whole program for this, no doubt, which is completely guided or directed towards this, focusing on Krishna. Anything else you could say on that one? Yes, Prabhu. Yes. Yeah, so determination, free will, and goodwill, as we mentioned that um, we, we want to save the planet 
Save the planet. Save the planet. Yeah, you mentioned one in one one instances. So, what is my question is that all this power come from Krishna, is it? The determination power, everything good will, everything come from Krishna. Okay. And if we look at the Vishwarup, that means the Vishwarupa, the yoga, yeah. So where Krishna already set the outcome of the fight or outcome of this war. So how much free will we will get to become more determined? How much what? Free will. Free will. Yeah. How much free Is will? All will are from coming from God or all strength come from Krishna yeah. or we have some power to control ourselves? A very nice point, but that's a little different to what we're discussing. We were just discussing one point first. We'll, I don't have time, we'll allow to go on to anything else. But what was that one point? How to become or how to sustain determination? So, on that regards, let's stick to one point. Free will is another major subject. And it does, of course, you can go on and on with that one. Determination? Anyone else on determination? Pardon? Increase your intelligence. Increase your intelligence. Okay, and how do you do that? By? Selling? Reading. Reading. Yeah, the same. He also mentioned that by, by study of the scriptures. Yes. That does increase your intelligence, no doubt about that. Pardon? Oh, that's a good one, isn't it? We forgot that one, didn't we? Simple one. But how many of us pray for the determination? Prabhupada one time said, Our only prayer should be, he wrote this to Dave and in 68, he said, Our only prayer should be, My dear Lord Krishna, you are in my heart as a super soul. Please always remind me to chant your holy names and not forget. You may send me into heaven or hell, but please give me that. You know, please remind me always. Determination to always chant your holy name. So prayer, simple prayer. It might be notable prayers or heartfelt prayers, but prayers. Praying to the Lord. How to develop, determine, how to maintain or develop determination in devotional service. Indeed. And most people with determination in this material world, I guess they have some experience, some goals, some aspirations, etc. They're determined to achieve it. And to hear about the goal, the goal of our lives, to go back to God and to associate. You know, we all know when we associate with somebody who's really seems to be tuned in, even sometimes we're a little tuned out, but when we associate with someone who's a little tuned in, it can suddenly ignite our desire, our determination again. Um, I'm sure all of us have had that experience at different times in our life. We may have you know, drifted in different ways sometimes. But, but uh, that, deter that evoked by that wonderful association. I remember one sannyasi, and some of you know him, Mahavishnu Goswami. I'm sure you remember him from England, Mahavishnu, Indian sannyasi, from Gujarat, well, from Nas Nasik to be specific, but he was Gujarati. Born devotee, Ram, Ram Bhakta. Wonderful devotee. Any of you met him? Pardon? Yeah, he would come to Malvam sometimes. One of, such a jolly person. So always smiling. Always Krishna Kata, non-stop. Huh? Bhagavat Kata. Yeah. Bhagavat Kata. I'll give you a little story about his determination. Because um, I knew him, we knew him. I'm sure Narahari Prabhu also met him when we go Kurani. He came 74 to the manor. 
and he was coming, a little old Indian gentleman coming there regularly. And uh, he didn't join then, but he joined a little bit later. The temple, that is, he gave up everything, joined the temple, dedicated his life to Iskand, and uh, amazing person. And he was asked to leave the temple in the early 80s for various reasons. They told him he couldn't stay any longer. So they asked him to go away. So he left the temple, he had nowhere to go, and uh, he, all he had in his possession was the Srimad Bhagavatam and his japa beads and some clothes. That's all he had. He had no money because he'd given everything up. He just went to the social office. I've got nowhere to stay. You have to give me somewhere to stay. They said, we can't do anything now. He just sat there in the social, social welfare office, wouldn't move an inch. Eventually, they put him in a hotel or something for the night, found a little room for him. He didn't come to the temple practically at all for years. He just studied day and night Srimad Bhagavatam. Day and night, chanting and reading Bhagavatam. Came back to the temple some years later. He was welcomed back, change of guards. He came back and uh, he was just simple devotee in the temple, never gave a class, never did anything, just helped, did a bit of service, preached the guests. One day the, 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 the devotee supposed to give Bhagavatam class didn't come. Uh, Mahavishnu Prabhu, would you, you never given a class, would you like to give a class? Do you, are you up to it? And he laughed and agreed to give the class and that was it. He just, everyone was stunned. He was just like Bhagavat Kata from beginning, from beginning to end. Just totally absorbed in Bhagavatam, totally absorbed in Srimad Bhagavatam. And right up to the, he, le, he lived till about 94. I saw him about a month before he left his body in Nasik. And he was, um, we were there on Pirkama. And he, he just came over from wherever he was staying to see us. He happened to be in Nasik. And he came over and he could hardly walk or breathe. And the only words coming out of his mouth were Srimad Bhagavatam. Non-stop flow of Bhagavatam. Relevant to the situation, not just any old thing, but relevant to the situation we're in, the, the one, the glories of associating with devotees in a holy place and so on like this. He was like a walking Bhagavatam. Amazing. Whenever you were with him, I know when he was, probably you had the same thing, he would come to New Zealand when I was there quite often. and He just couldn't help it but become absorbed in the Bhagavatam. He was like an infectious disease. Much more powerful than COVID. You know, when you hear someone's got COVID, you go, Oh, <laughs> my mask, you know, stay there, stay there, keep, keep it away. But this type of infection, you want to get in there. <laughs> I want to get that infection. Yeah? They inspire it in you. They awaken it. This type of Falpa did with us. Let's imagine. One of us was telling me the other day that just the first day they, they came and met Devo, the very first day they gave up eating meat, Liquor, smoking, illicit sex, drink, everything. They just gave it up on the spot. Just like that. Never did it again. So powerful that association. Yeah. So yeah, by, so mostly by association that we can sustain. And by the mercy of Krishna, a desire, a prayer, different things. All these things, of course, do revolve around desire. Either your desire or the desire of the other person who wants you to develop that desire. That desire is very key. Krishna wants us back to Godhead. The pure devotees want us back to Godhead. We may or may not want to go back to Godhead, etc., etc. But uh, they do, so their desire is also at work. Trying to remind us, just like amongst devotees, you know, if you're deviating, or you're, you know, whatever it is, you're living in the ashram, the other devotees will say, Prabhu, why didn't you come for Mangalarti this morning? Are you okay? Are you feeling okay? Is there something we can do to help you? 
you know, they're, they're going to help you. They're not going to come in and just pour a bucket of water over you and say, you get, <laughs> get up or get out. <laughs> you know, they're going to come in a very nice way, compassionate way, gentle way, isn't it? Just like we used to now, isn't it? In the early days, Buc I saw a bucket of water go over Dwali a few times in the Brahmacharya Ashram. <laughs> uh, no breakfast. That, that was lucky if you got away with that one, just no breakfast. No breakfast. No mongol, no breakfast. <laughs> anyway, whatever. Srila Prabhupada Ki Jai. Go Premanandi Haribo. Grantara Shima Bhagavatam Ki Jai. Determinate. That means don't stop. Don't terminate means stop. Huh? Determine. Don't stop. Keep going. <laughs>